First off, I am now in my 20s, so for the start of the decade or starting last year, I wanted to make it a point that every time it's my birthday, I venture into something new. Last year, I started doing hiking regularly, and now it's starting my own podcast. I must say I have matured more in the last two years than I have half of my life. And I feel like I owe it to God that I share these lessons that I have learned along the way with you. But before I start, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me as I share the 20 lessons I have learned in my 20 years. Disclaimer, naniniwala kasi ako na mas magaling ako magsulat kaysa magsulita. Both skills are still something that I do my best to improve in. But aside from the experience, I believe that the content I'm about to share you are also inspired by a collection of books and articles I have read whenever I do my reflection. For the 20 lessons, I decided to categorize them that served several different areas of my life. That will be lessons on relationships, self-love, studies, and the wild card. So the wild card would be some lessons that apply to all areas or it's like life in general. The first episode of these 20 lessons will be on relationships and self-love. Building relationships are very important to me, and I feel like this is one of the many things I'll keep doing for the rest of my life. Relationships include any connection you will be building with any person, whether romantically or a friendship. Building one and keeping one are two different things, but the first lesson applicable to both would be, one, making your non-negotiables. Non-negotiables become your requirements whenever you let a person in your life. Ask yourself, what do you want in a partner or what do you want in a friendship? Does he have to be adventurous? Are we valuing the same things? Does he know what to prioritize? Is she having the interest same as I am? I believe that Relationships are something that you bring with you for the rest of your life. If you don't start it right, it would be really hard for you to get out of it. It doesn't mean, too, that if they don't exactly qualify to be what you expect them to be, you have them immediately erased from the list of people you care for. No. Especially those that are already in your life. Of course, you do your best for them to stay. But this is the part where love comes in, where you figure out how to keep the relationship. Of course, that's if you want to. But making your non-negotiables would save you a lot of time and effort and even money if you have set a standard for the people that you let in your life that you will eventually keep. At the end of the day, your relationship should make you happy and should grow the both of you. Lesson number two is the sunk cost fallacy. In psychology, there's this general tendency, 
so that means it's not only you, called the sunk cost effect. It is where we continue an endeavor or we pursue something once we have invested time, money, or resources in it. The effect becomes a misconception when it's pushing you to do things that are making you unhappy or most of the time worst off. In the context of relationships, although not in marriages, it's true that the longer you've been together, the harder it is to break up. You may tell yourself, we've been together for three years already, sayang naman, I won't be able to find a new one, I've invested so much in this, I don't think I'll be able to do things without him anymore, I'm so used to this. This is a behavior driven by consistency and, for some, security. This is especially dedicated to my clown friends. But you have to ask yourself, where is this relationship leading? Will I be wasting a lot of what I can offer in the future in this? What am I here for? Most especially, am I still happy? I always tell my friends that breakups are never going to be easy, but it doesn't mean that it can't be done. If you continue these kinds of relationships, you're digging yourself into a deeper hole. No matter how much you have already invested, only your assessment of the future costs and benefit counts. There is nothing you can do to regain the effort and the time that is lost and pursuing something that doesn't grow you or make you happy will not get all of them back. All the more, it will make you worse off. You just have to ask yourself where the relationship is leading and sometimes you already know what the answer to this is. Next lesson on relationships, you may find somehow contradictory to my last advice, but in both advices, what I want to give emphasis in is discernment. Lesson number three is to trust your own judgment. There are some decisions that are best taken along with an advice, and there are some that relies only upon your own discernment. Yes, I am one of those friends who would tell you, I told you so, ang tanga-tanga mo naman, <laughs> not again please, or please last na. I guess this is how my dearest friends are being kept in my life. We give each other brutally honest judgments and yet let the other person decide, not only on whether or not we should keep a person in our lives, but also on other decisions that we have to make. Whatever they say, take it with a pinch of salt. At the end of the day, it's your decision. As long as, as a friend, I remind them that I'll be there for them throughout. Tanggapin na natin your friends. There will always be this one friend who's marupok. Or a lot of them. <laughs> Pero sa mga marupok, I just want you to realize that Everything you choose to do that may hurt you eventually when in a relationship will also be a stepping stone for you to learn. The next time you're going to decide on who you are keeping and letting in your life, it would be always up to you. 
at the end of the day, it will also be you who's going to push yourself to do what is best for yourself. However right or wrong or hurtful that decision is for you, you have the rest of your life to justify and tell yourself, I couldn't have had it any other way. Fourth lesson on relationships. I changed the last minute because I think this is really important. In relationship, it is important to know your love language. This is based from how much we should value communication in a relationship. May it be words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, or physical touch. For example, my love language is acts of service and quality time. So I love spending time with the people I love by going out, setting dates, or just talking about anything. Because for me, time and effort is something that you can give but never get back. But it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate other love languages being expressed, like receiving gifts. It's just that I appreciate it better to have someone spend time with me or do something for me. It may be harder for you if you don't express your love the same way because it might not translate as love for your partner or friend if they want to receive love in a different way. There are actually tests in the internet where you can have yourself tested and know what your love language is after. Knowing this is very important and if you don't have the same love language, at least knowing what they need and understand how your efforts are being translated to them will help you express your love better and understand yourself better too. The last lesson is very straightforward and I have learned this lesson through a few of my dearest friendships. Lesson number five is the right people will stay. We can't deny that in a relationship, there are a lot of factors that will play. Love has to be there, of course. But factors like circumstance, stability, timing, a lot of these factors you may have no control of. But always remember that these do work hand in hand. It's one, not only will God allow them to stay, but also two, they will strive to stay in your life. They have every opportunity for them to prove to you that they deserve a place in your life. Maintaining relationships and friendships requires work, sometimes a lot of it, and they are meant for you to grow, to learn, and most especially share. In love, we let people in our hearts that in most days, they fill with so much joy, yet sometimes with pain. And this is inevitable. There may be days where your heart is breaking so much turns to physical pain caused by a person you love who's hurt you, may it be unintentional or not. But 
this is what life is about. To know, to love, and to endure. You can't deny that during a relationship or at the end of one, you're learning more about yourself, about dating, what you want, what you're looking for, and how you love. At the end of the day, the heart is a muscle and it needs to wait for it to endure. You just have to be brave to be loved. On relationships, I shared five lessons. One is making your non-negotiables. Two is the misconception of the sunk cost. Three, trust your own judgment. Four is knowing your love language. And five is knowing that the right people will stay in your life. I wanted to include the self-love lessons right after what I have learned in my relationships because I think these two have to work hand in hand. And also through my relationships with my friends, my family, I feel like I have seen myself better as a person and appreciated myself better too. Also, I just want to make it a point that the problem for some of us is we obsess ourselves with the idea of romance and see that love is something that is given and received from another person romantically as if we need to have someone else to feel, to make us feel love and contentment. But there's more to life than just having a partner. And there's a lot of things to look forward to that not only can be shared with another person, but can be cherished for yourself. Lesson number one on self-love is to take yourself out on dates. Backtrack February last year, I think. Sinamahan ko yung sister ko sa prom nila sa Edsa Shang. And I was given an allowance to treat myself to dinner. So I went to the mall, and Aladdin was showing then. I just thought of buying myself a ticket. And while waiting, I roamed around, ate dinner, did window shopping, and eventually watched the movie. Afterwards, I went to Starbucks, bought myself some tea, and spent the rest of the time reading while waiting for my sister. I tell you, buying that ticket was probably one of the best decisions I have ever made for myself so far. Not only did I discover that I can take myself out on a date by myself, but I appreciated the time I have for myself more. The last time I have done this was, I think, last January this year, where I attended a seminar in SMX Convention Center to where I commuted alone, which is of course an achievement kasi sobrang takot ako mawala, especially to places I've never been to before. And after that seminar, it was sunset on my way home, and sunlight was beaming through the windows. I had my earphones on with my favorite music, and later on bought myself shawarma that I have been craving for for weeks. That day was overall an adventure for me that I'll never regret doing. 
for those of you who find it weird, I tell you that you have to try it for yourself first. But whenever I take myself out on dates, I make sure that, one, I have a generous amount of money with me. It's not that I'll be spoiling myself and buy everything I want for a day, no. I make sure that I buy myself good food or spend time on things I have always wanted to try. But also, don't be afraid to do things spontaneously. Two, I make sure that I feel good about myself before leaving the house. Just like any other date there is, you should make sure that in just walking, you feel pretty, you feel beautiful. You're with a nice bag, you're in your favorite dress, comfortable shoes, with minimal makeup. You should feel like you can do anything you want for that day. Take your time. Appreciate the small things that will happen for the day. And look for things to be grateful about. I really encourage you to try it for yourself. And this has helped me in appreciating the things, especially the time that I allot for myself, that helped me grow as a person. It helped me also to be independent and manage my own money when I take myself out on a date. Also, you won't have to argue with someone else what dessert you're getting for dinner. The second lesson on self-love is based from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It says that as we go about our lives, we operate by two circles the circle of concern, and the circle of influence. The circle of concern includes a lot of things that you may care for. Health, family, career, climate change, poverty, studies, national debt, world peace. Anything in that circle matters to you. Within that circle of concern is your circle of influence. In this, is the bounds of the things you can control. Self-love lesson number two is accepting your limitations. After realizing what are in your circle of concern and your circle of influence, you'll know that anything outside your influence you can't control. For example, you're concerned about what a person feels about you. Do they feel the same way? Do they like me? Do they not? Or your friend's judgment towards you. Kahit na yung simpleng ano yung mga tanong o gaano kahirap yung mga tanong nalalabas sa exams, yung reaction na isang tao towards you, can you really do something about it? Can you actually do something that could immediately change the course of the situation where it favors you? Knowing these circles will help you assess how to react more appropriately with things that affect you and you care for. I think a part of loving yourself wholly is accepting the fact that there are a lot of things you can't control and these things you have to accept. Knowing the things that you can't control will help you doubt yourself less, 
blame yourself less, accept what is, be resilient towards failures, all of these, of course, while doing the best that you can. It is not what is happening to you, but your response to the situation that hurts you. Lesson number three on self-love is claiming your peace. Life can be really tiring when done only to impress other people. And sometimes because of this, our happiness is being rubbed off of us. Knowing you are at peace can simply mean that your actions are enough for you, especially once you have exhausted them. You know that you did not offend anybody, wala kang kaaway, wala kang inaway, and ultimately it is being contented. I guess what helps me claim my peace and keep it is always staying true to my intentions. That in whatever you do, however right or wrong it is for other people, as long as you know that your intention is pure, it's not hurting anybody, and it is the right thing to do, you never have to convince anyone about it. I have to be honest, it's hard practicing my value of integrity, but just like any other value there is, you have to choose to do it every day and talk yourself through it. This is what I have to do, this is what I won't do in every decision and situation you're facing. This helped me in almost everything that I do, may it be seen by others or not. Without having to convince anyone but myself, without having to impress anyone, that's how I found my peace. Our last lesson for this episode and for self-love is knowing that love can be found in a lot more forms than people. For some, they perceive love as a feeling when you get all giddy and excited when you see somebody. But unlike love, feelings come and go. Because love is an everyday choice. Love can be by making your parents their favorite coffee in the morning exactly the way they want it. It is doing what you have always wanted to try for sheer learning. It may be commending yourself even in the smallest of achievements. Love can be choosing yourself for once. Some are just more familiar to us, but learning how to find joy and contentment in the little things. You'll see how life is meant to be seen. So on self-care, we learned that one, it's okay to take yourself out on dates. Two, is to accept your limitation and focus on the things you have control of. Three, is to claim your peace and take care of it. And four, is love can be found in a lot more things and forms than people. Through self-love, you'll know how to appreciate yourself more and love yourself more and it will eventually make you love others better. 
everything that God is letting in your life to happen is also because He loves you so much. Because love should never make you feel like you're stagnant, you're caged. Love is meant to grow you. Love is meant to be shared. It is meant to be slowly realized, to be seen, to be experienced, to be discovered, even in the smallest of things, all the more in the smallest of ways. Self-love should root from knowing who you are, what you deserve, how much you can love, and how much you are loved. To finish this episode, let me read to you a poem by one of my favorite authors, Tyler Knott Gregson. It goes, You are not made for me, but for you. You for yourself. It has always been this way. Never have you belonged to anyone else. Not for a half moment. Not for a long blink or whatever splits the difference between our measurements of time. You are yours. The key in the lock. The handle. The door. The window and the wall. You are the house. The home. The only one who could ever offer invitation. Thank you for sticking through my first podcast episode. Make sure to tune in for the second part of my sharing on the 20 lessons I have learned in my 20 years. If you think a friend needs these kinds of content, please don't hesitate to share this podcast to them. And if you liked the episode, send me your feedbacks on Twitter and Instagram, or you can also wait for my updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening.